Well, good morning, everybody. This is Kevin Stevenson, and you are on I Don't Care with me. And we're doing uh, yet another video cast because so many of you asked to see my preface uh, uh, rather than just hear my dulcet tones. And so today we're actually doing a follow-up to a podcast that we did a few weeks back on the American Heart Association because I am uh, very honored to be the chair of the Heart Walk in Waco, Texas for the American Heart Association. And so really excited about that. That's coming up tomorrow on uh, Saturday, October the 3rd. Unfortunately, darn COVID, it's yet another virtual event for us, but we're excited about that. Uh, we're getting really close to, uh, if, if we haven't exceeded the goal yet, I think we're, we'll probably do that before tomorrow. So uh, very pleased to, to, uh, to present to you today two guests. Uh, this is also the first time we've had more than one guest, so you are part of more groundbreaking work here on I Don't Care. So our first guest is Michelle Stoddard. She's the Regional Vice President for Mid-Markets for the American Heart Association. And with her is Dr. Abe DeAnda, who is one of the more distinguished guests we've ever had on I Don't Care. He is the Professor in Chief of the Division of Cardiothoracic Surgery at UTMB in Galveston. So Michelle and Dr. DeAnda, welcome to I Don't Care. Thank you, Thank you great, Kevin. Great to be on. Thank you. Thanks. We're excited. Um, I'm excited to have you both on today. So, so Michelle, let's talk a little bit about about the Heart Walk and uh, what we're going to be doing here in Waco tomorrow. Uh, let my listeners know what's going on, and of course, don't forget to tell them how to donate. Okay, absolutely. So, as Kevin said, we're excited to be having the Heart Walk in Waco tomorrow, and it is a little different than we've had in the past. It is a virtual. Heart walk. So we're actually bringing the action to you. You can walk wherever you want. And uh, we'll have a opportunity for you to log in and to watch our opening ceremony with Kevin and with some other special guests that we'll have. And then you can take the action wherever you want it to be. So around your neighborhood or with your coworkers or however you want to do it. And, uh, and then you, we ask everyone that, you know, walk where you are raised together so we're still raising funds for the mission of the American Heart Association and you can do that by going to wacoheartwalk.org that's also where you can register if you want to walk and you can also go there and join there's a step challenge that we have also going on with the Waco Heart Walk and you can do all of that on wacoheartwalk.org. Great Michelle I really appreciate that and again if you have any questions please so you can send us a, an email here at I don't care at I don't care at marketscale.com or just go straight to the page for uh, for the Waco Heart Walk. So with that, I'd like to introduce Dr. Abe DeAnda. And Dr. DeAnda is a Texas native from El Paso, right, I see. Mm -hmm. And uh, he is an incredibly accomplished undergrad in medical school at Stanford. Uh, a university that I probably could not have gotten in. So uh, again, we're really excited to have you. Uh, and uh, he has uh, spent a great deal of time in Virginia and New York, uh, was recognized routinely as a top doctor in New York City, and uh, then uh, came back to the great state of Texas. And as I said earlier, he is a professor in chief of the Division of Cardiovascular and Thoracic Surgery at UTMB. So Dr. DeAnda, again, thanks for being on today. 
It's it's really great to be on here. Thank you so much, and uh, I want to actually thank you for your participation in sharing this Heart Walk. Um, it's it's one of those events where um, you know sometimes we have walks and runs to raise money, but this is this has a double purpose. We also like to get people out there and exercise. Okay. So not not only are you donating for a great cause for the American Heart Association and all the the research and projects and educational programs that they have, but you're doing something good for yourself. And maybe you're an everyday exerciser already, but this might be what's gonna kick it off. Maybe you're gonna go out there and do your virtual walk or do your virtual steps or your real steps, hopefully. And, uh, and next thing you know, you may be starting a lifelong uh, tradition, uh, which is actually going to increase your life. So uh, this this is a great thing, and I'm 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 really uh, happy to see you as the chair and and helping promote this program. It's wonderful. Well, I appreciate that, Dr. Deanda. Obviously, you can see my svelte physique. You know, I walk all the time. Uh, I'm I'm starting to think maybe you were you were speaking directly to me about getting out of walking, and I appreciate that. And I should heed my uh, heed that uh, that uh, medical advice, uh, obviously. So. Uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, about how long you've been volunteering with the Heart Association and some of the activities that you've been involved in. Right. So I, I first became officially involved with the American Heart Association uh, in 1992. Um, at that time, I was uh, in training. I was still in training, and uh, I was involved in some research projects. And one of the mechanisms of funding research, obviously, uh, uh, so, you know, in a way, someone has to pay for it. The universities always don't have money lying around to, to pay someone's wages for that summer or for that year. And, uh, and we did rely on American Heart grants to, to help fund people like me in the lab doing research. Okay. Uh, I, was, I was doing research on valvular disease and, and uh, um, it really focused my interest, uh, but it, it, it focused my interest also in the American Heart when I began recognizing what they did. In addition, uh, during that time period, um, as a lot of researchers and a lot of scientists and doctors rely on literature, we always wanna know what's happening, what's going on, and just the scope of publications that the American Heart Association produces um, monthly and annually uh, surpassed uh, what I could have ever expected. There are, there are journals for everything and every, in every walk of life, if you will. Uh, these journals are read worldwide. Um, if, you, if you want information, up-to-date information on uh, cardiovascular disease, you turn to the American Heart Association and one of their related journals. So that's where it began happening for me. And, uh, and over time, I became more and more involved with the American Heart Association. Um, when I finished my training and um, began practicing as a heart surgeon. Um, I remained in, uh, involved with the, with the AHA and uh, subsequently I was uh, honored to uh, become one. I think I was one of the earlier, what they call FAHAs. I guess AHA calls us FAHAs, a fellow American Heart Association. Um, uh, and I became one and, and have since been part of their leadership councils and committees. Um, and. Uh, that's also been an eye-opening experience. Uh, it's one thing to apply for a grant from the American Heart Association, but being involved in how that grant money gets dispersed and really the bar that is set 
for the research that is occurring and what we're looking for and what we're hoping to gain and what the mission of the American Heart Association is and how the research proposals fit in. Um, I learn a lot just sitting on those committees as well. So um, this has been a, a lifelong journey, if you will, and um, hopefully my life will continue a lot longer so that I can continue this journey. Well, that, that's really interesting. You bring up the, the grant process. I'd, I'd love to hear more about that. Uh, tell us a little bit about that process of, of how AHA funds research. So the AHA has uh, different pools of money for research and, and uh, you have your early investigator money. That's, that's for uh, uh, people who have just, who have finished their training. They're within five years of having finished their training and they, they need some seed money. They're eventually going to go out and look for uh, NIH grants or larger grants, Department of Defense grants, uh, but they need some seed money to get started. But it's like starting trying to get your first job, right? You, you, you need the experience to, to go back and get that first job. Well, with grants, it's the same thing. And so the American Heart Association funds people who they think have that potential. They're going to they, they look like they have some great ideas. They're young, enthusiastic, and uh, they have a proposal that it just might catch on. And mm. you have to cast a wide net. There are more established grants for more established investigators, and there are grants that are for pre- and postdoctoral uh, researchers. So uh, there's, there's also, you know, there's grants for people who are in the lab like I was when I was in my training. There are people uh, who get grants when they've gotten their PhD or their MD, um, and the, the postdoctoral people, and, and they're usually associated with some other researcher, so some other lab, but they're getting that experience as well. They're getting, they're doing a little bit of some projects to, to sort of figure out where their own focus is going to be when it comes time for them to do their research. Um, the, the grants are reviewed, the proposals are, come out in cycles, and um, what happens is you get a group of experts together. Um, uh, volunteers, uh, and there's a, usually a fall or, or winter and a spring schedule, and uh, the proposals come through and we all read them, um, and it's, it's, a long, it's a long time. Um, I'm sure. Uh, however, I will say, just to digress here as I, I tend to do, um, there was a time when all these grant proposals came in paper and you got a, a file box full of about 30 pounds of paper that you had to read through. Now it comes electronically and you know, you can just pick it up on your iPad and, and read through it as, you know, at your leisure uh, in between cases in my case or something along those lines. But anyway, these grants are reviewed by a panel of experts and we score them. And um, although you always want to be able to give everyone every bit of money that they want, you can't. Uh, there's not always enough money to do that. So we score them and the highest ranking ones, the ones that have the, the best potential, the ones that meet the mission of the American Heart Association, they, they get funded. And uh, this is an ongoing project. Okay, interesting. I've been involved in some uh, uh, grant proposal judging and I can attest uh, as well. It is an incredible incredibly arduous process but mm -hmm. it, as you said it, it, you always learn a great deal and, and I really enjoyed having that, those opportunities in the past so so we go through the grant funding process you you uh, allocate those funds to, to various uh, various proposals what are some of the breakthroughs that have resulted from American Heart, Heart Association funding 
Right. So that's, that's um, and, and we can't change the name of the American Heart Association. I'm going to start off by saying that because it, okay. it's, it, is a, it is a misnomer. It's not just the heart. It's, it's cardiovascular. Stroke. So it's, okay, it's, it's, it's your okay. vessels, including your, your, your cerebral vascular vessels. So um, every bit of research that it occurs is going to be anything that has a blood vessel. All right. So uh, not just your heart, but your aorta, your peripheral vascular system, your legs, when you have claudication, when it hurts to walk, or you have poor perfusion. It's going to be your kidneys when you're not getting enough blood to your kidneys. It's going to be your brain when you have a stroke or you have some type of other cerebrovascular uh, disease. So um, if you can imagine an organization that's funding that, it has to, it's a big organization, right? It has to be, it's your right. whole body. And it's, it's, it's dealing with the diseases that kill a lot of people in this country and worldwide. The other, I don't wanna really call it a misnomer, but the American part, this is worldwide, this is international. Uh, you know, it, you just need to go to an American Heart Meeting, one of the scientific sessions, to recognize that uh, this is worldwide. It is the the United States took a lead in this. They're, they 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 are the the leader in this field, uh, but we are we are getting information from all over. Now, having said that, what has come out of the American Heart Association? All this grant money that is raised, all these research projects, and as I said, it touches your whole body. If it touches your whole body everything that's produced has touched you or one of your friends or your family members, okay? So cardiac stents, uh, the, the stents that are, get put in people, right? Um, implantable pacemakers have come via funding from the American Heart Association. And, and these are always being updated, of course, and upgraded. Um, the use of statins, cholesterol-lowering drugs, um, that's American Heart Research there, um, CPR, and the techniques. And as you probably or may or may not know, the techniques change every couple of years because they recognize this is ongoing projects. They're saying, okay, great. There was a time where you just press and press and press and someone breathed in the mouth. Now it's all changed, right? Now you don't, you don't breathe for a little bit, right? You get, you're mostly trying to get the blood circulating. So CPR techniques have come out of American Heart Research. Um, microsurgery techniques, not just in the periphery of the body and the heart, but in the brain um, have come out of the American Heart Research. Um, I think these are all sort of the things that have come about from, from uh, the American Heart uh, sponsored research. Okay, really interesting. So, so again, we're, we're, we're talking about you know, our heart walk coming up here in Waco. So, so how does some of these breakthroughs impact us locally, say here in Central Texas or, or Texas as a whole? Right, so the, the breakthroughs, as I said, they're gonna impact people in Waco in two different ways. Okay. Uh, more than two different ways, but I'm gonna focus on two different ways. One of them is that general focus. As I said, if somebody you know is on dialysis or has had a stroke or needs a stent, they're immediately being impacted by American Heart Research. That is, that's, um, that's the immediate one. It, it, there's no label on anything that goes in your body that says the American Heart Association, but it's the downstream impact. Locally at, in Waco at Baylor University, uh, I believe currently there's $154,000 annually um, in uh, active research grants at Baylor University. So uh, that money stays locally. It helps the researchers at Baylor University, outstanding university, um, and, and they're doing work there. And, and some of it is for uh, people uh, 
you know, the, the pre-doctoral guys in the lab, like, you know, I, I was one once upon a time, and some of it is those early investigators who are going to come up with that best next idea. And, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's going to change how things are done. Well, as, as a uh, graduate of the great uh, Baylor University twice over, I appreciate your kudos. Thank you so much for that. Uh, I'll send that check to you soon. Um, so, so how does local support factor into funding for American Heart Association or funding the mission of, of American Heart Association? So the, the local, um, and, and I think Michelle could maybe jump in here how, the, how that process itself works, but um, you know, the American Heart does, they have their regions and they, they look locally. They want to they uh, try to raise money locally and, and have those dollars, especially places like Waco who have uh, research universities right there. Um, they want those dollars to stay there. It also goes into the general pot, um, um, which helps fund larger projects um, nationally. Now, it's, it's interesting because you think, well, why do I want to fund a national project? Because it's a national project does not mean that it's, the funding is not coming locally. A lot, lot of studies that occur where the principal investigator is in Louisville, Kentucky, let's say, or Nashville, Tennessee, um, they're, they're, they have uh, investigators who are at, in Waco who are enrolling patients, right? So, so a statin trial is not held just in some local town. It's held nationally and sometimes internationally. Mm -hmm. Um, and that the funding goes locally to help um, um, generate those those patients and and fund fund that type of local research. So it's not it's it's a little bit different. No one and no one has to write a grant in Waco to get the benefit from the research right. if there's a if there's a research project going on there. Well, what I was going to say is that you know as Dr. Deanna mentioned earlier, you know he and his peers who are reviewing the research, they're looking for the best in class. They're looking for the research that's going to have the greatest impact on the greatest amount of people. And so, you know, whether that research is at Baylor University or it's at UTMB in Galveston or it's, you know, somewhere in another part of the country, we're looking for what's, what's going to get us closer to defeating heart disease and stroke. And so just to kind of add on to what he was saying and, and really, you know, we need that local support. Um, you know, a way I've heard it phrased is no money, no mission. And mm -hmm. so without the, the funds that are raised very generously in our communities and, and brought forward, um, we would not be able to accomplish our mission. And, you know, research is one piece of it, but there's also all of the education that goes into what we do, um, you know, is, Dr. Deanna mentioned CPR earlier, and I think we talked about on our previous broadcast how, you know, we advocated for CPR training to be a graduation requirement for all high school seniors. So, I mean, there's a whole new crop of lifesavers who are coming out of our high schools, and that's all part of the work of the American Heart Association. So, many different facets, but um, without that local support, we could not do the work that we do. Well, and, and the, the time that we have left, uh, I've got one more question for you, Dr. Deanda, and I think all hospitals and, and clinics are facing this same issue right now in the COVID environment, that, that many of our patients are just very hesitant to come into the facility for care. So what would you say to those people in the community who, who might be fearful of calling 911 or going to an emergency room at this time? 
it's it's an understandable fear. Um, I having myself experienced COVID this year and and being laid out for a couple of weeks, I, I can I can understand people being a little reluctant to to get this bug. Um, but I will say that if you're having symptoms that are concerning enough uh, that you're even contemplating calling 911, call 911. Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, there are some things that are going to kill you right away and you don't want to have one of those because you're afraid to go to the ER. Um, and it's, it's no secret or there's no, um, you hear about it in the news. Uh, there are some people who are more susceptible uh, to poor outcomes and they're going to be, be people with hypertension and pre-existing disease. Um, so, you know, you, 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 may, you may be showing symptoms of your coronary disease because you, for, for all you know, you may, you may already have COVID, staying at home is not going to help you. If you have symptoms, if you're having chest pain, um, but you, need, you need to go to the hospital. You need to call somebody. Um, the hospitals have been really good about screening people. I, I feel the safest I've ever felt coming in the hospital these days because there's not a lot of people walking around, you know, and they're, they're screening Very people true. coming in. And um, it's, it probably is the best, best time to be in a hospital right now. Um, so, um, and you know, we at, here at Galveston, and I know this is a practice throughout the country, we isolate patients who are COVID positive. They're not mixed in with the general population. So it, that's, that should lower your worry level a little bit, I think. Um, but I would not hesitate to come in if I was, you know, if I had symptoms, I would just come in. Yeah. And, and that's something that, that we are incredibly intentional here at our hospital. Uh, as you said, we have screeners at the door. We, uh, we are constantly cleaning and disinfecting in front of patients and, and those caregivers that are allowed to come in so that they will, their fears can be alleviated. Uh, you know, everybody's wearing a mask. Everyone is social distancing. And so we're, we're really, as I said, we're trying to be very intentional about showing uh, our community, you know, that we care for them and that we're doing everything that we can to make sure that they're safe. So um, yeah, I, I appreciate those words as well. So Michelle, any final words on, the, on our uh, illustrious Waco virtual heart walk? Well, first I'd like to thank Dr. DeAnda for sharing his wisdom with us. Um, it's always great to hear him share his experience with the American Heart Association. And also wanna make sure that we don't uh, forget to thank Ascension Providence, who is our Life is Why sponsor for our heart walk our digital heart walk experience. And uh, so we're looking forward to it on October the 3rd. And as I said, if you go to wacoheartwalk.org, you can get all the details. And we look forward to everyone dialing in for our virtual opening ceremony and then walking where they are. Michelle and Dr. Deanda, thank you so much for joining me on I Don't Care today. Uh, it was incredibly interesting to hear more about the American Heart Association and uh, uh, I'd like to thank each of you for your work with, uh, with the Heart Association and, and learning more about some of those breakthroughs. I, I've got to admit that, that I've uh, personally experienced uh, one of those and, and many of my family and friends have unfortunately experienced uh, a number of others. And so, uh, but with that, uh, I'd like to uh, thank all of my listeners today. Remember, uh, we are live, quote unquote live, uh, on MarketScaleRadio.com every Friday morning at 9.30 Central Time. 
And soon thereafter, the podcasts are brought to iTunes and Spotify. So if you haven't gone out there and uh, subscribed to I Don't Care with, with Kevin Stevenson, make sure that you do that. So with that, I uh, wish you a great day and we'll talk to you next week.